Hey everyone, this is Mike. Last week we were discussing the illegal Popeye animatic, which if you watch it, you are now a criminal. So if you listen to last week's episode where we discussed that with Ryan Estrada, then you two are now a wanted criminal. So you might as well listen to episode two where we conclude said, said discussion of the Popeye animatic. Get, and we also get the uh, scene with, hey man, I'm a gr- fish of Grant's wishes. You gotta kiss me. <laughs> no point to that scene other than fish wanted to kiss Bluto and tricked him into it. <laughs> <laughs> Something very, very Mr. Show about all this. <laughs> you and know, it's for a very I particular. Die, I'm gonna fuck fish. <laughs> very particular fish loving demographic it's like we need we need to get some of you know animators like we got to put when anime, when uh, miyazaki is all like i'm gonna put some sexy sexy slimes in this movie and jenny Tchaikovsky <laughs> is just like we gotta get some sexy fish in here you gotta That's get troy mcclorin on this yeah <laughs> that, that is very mean because like i don't think the sexy fish is actually a recurring motif in uh jenny Tchaikovsky's no. au well, he has a pretty um, big oeuvre, so he, there, you might be able to find some more if you look. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I cannot think off the top of my head what his fetish would be uh, from his films. Um, um, things getting cut in half and being revealed to be robots. Oh, yeah, that was a big thing in like in like um, Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the, the running joke on... Samurai Jack was that he had a magic sword that turns whatever it cuts into a robot. I, I think that's more of a uh, not allowed to show cutting a person in half and blood spraying out. Because I, I, that's true. I, I think once uh, it went to Adult Swim, I think there was more uh, cutting people in half and blood coming out. It's like when uh, the guy who made GI Joe is like, "Oh, I've got." He's like, "Oh, you know, it's super sexy when people parachute out of a plane right before it gets blown up." <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We can probably blame this on standards and practices. Um, but yeah, what, uh, I can't think of anything else. What else is recurring in his, in, uh, Tchaikovsky's thing? All these, uh, uh fights. That's why you want oh, yeah. to do Popeye. <laughs> oh yeah. He was like, oh, well, I mean that, that's just good common sense. Everybody's into that. Everybody loves a good, good, good natured brawl. Where, where were we in the movie? Uh, okay. We've got this. Oh yeah. Now we have the scene with, uh, Oh, the one little bit of uh, good uh, wordplay in here was when uh, the Jeep shows Popeye which way to go. And he goes, oh, I've got a Jeep PS. <laughs> and also the extremely weird scene where the there's a giant wave coming toward them and Popeye kicks out the leg of his two-legged boat and it pops out a, a scissors, cuts a hole in the wave and jumps through it. It's like, that seems like the kind of thing that those execs would be like, how did this happen? Why, why is this go- happening? That's not realistic. <laughs> I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Exactly. 
Yeah, that 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 feels like something that would definitely confuse a a network suit. So, yeah, we say network as if this were on TV, but this is for Oh, sorry, a studio suit. What do you studio? what do you call a, yeah. a suit in a in the movie studio? I guess I I guess a suit. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of stooges. Oh, but then we have the scene with the underwater forest, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some good visuals in this thing. Olive falls off the boat and finds her way into this uh, coral reef that's actually like a like a sunken uh, rainforest. And they have this kind of adventure that sort of reminds me of uh, when uh, Wart and Merlin were being fish in the moat. Oh, yeah. Sexy, sexy fish in the moat. <laughs> and Popeye gets hit, gets swallowed up to the waist by an eel. And then he's like, hey, I'm a mermaid now. So now we're two for two on Popeye being able to wear animals like in that little <laughs> Nemo video game. <laughs> it's like Mario's Tanuki suit. Exactly. Yeah, you know, there's just so many connections between Mario and Popeye. Well, we just we just love middle-aged men, middle-aged teenagers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then we have this this moment where there's actually the opportunity to, for Popeye to uh, put Olive on a on a boat that's bound for uh, for Sea Haven is where they want. I want to call it Sweet Haven, but that's the other movie. This one is Sea Haven, and she's like, "Oh well, the the ring is stuck. I can't give it to you. So so I guess I just have to stay behind." Ha ha. And Eugene sees her sneak it off, and he's like, "Oh, I see what's going on." Oh well. Oh. <laughs> So this is how now I'm starting to understand these humans. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do it differently in Jeep World. Yes. And oh, but this is where we have inexplicably sky pirates. Oh, uh, you know, sea captain and the world of tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, these guys very clever. The, these, these guys are like, I re I remember them. I love them in a tailspin. But I guess also, they were like, they didn't have enough um, faith in the concept of like sailors. So they were like, well, we're going to guy stuff. Kids love planes. Um, but uh, the, the, these are the guys that feel very asterisk-y to me. Yeah, they do. They do feel like an asterisk kind of thing. And they look very yeah, different especially, between the, the animatic and yes. the animated version. For some reason, the, the main mm -hmm. guy in the animatic was drawn like a sexy firefighter. Some reason. Yeah, I love it's that. Very much not so in the... The uh, one they actually animated. Yeah, it kind of feels like they were going for a little bit more of a One Piece flavor here, and then they kind of dialed it back. Well, they probably thought if kids don't know who Popeye is, they're not going to know what One Piece is. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what the One Piece is, and I'm a fan. <laughs> Wait, is that what they're looking for? Is that a thing? Uh, oh yeah, you don't know. That's where it comes from. The name is because the the greatest treasure of the greatest pirate of all time left all of his treasure in one piece. Oh, I I actually thought that was the name of the main guy. No, <laughs> no, his name is Luffy. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> now I know. Um, <laughs> actually, you know these sky pirates. You know what they really remind me of, though. Um, do you do y'all ever see Spartacus? I was going to say Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, B big mighty Ma not my not mighty Max, a nasty Max vibes going on here. Yeah, the and okay, but yeah, between the two artists, the sexy firefighter's design changes completely. 
<laughs> well, you can't, you know, you, you want to get different uh, takes on a sexy firefighter character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first he's this hunk and then he becomes this kind of, you know, slubby round dude with a face like he came out of uh, Disney's Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Um, so anima so animatics are not like I, I don't I don't know much about the industry. They're not like roughs of the actual film. That they're not like they can be. You know, sometimes they'll be like, "This is good enough to use for final." But because this is going to be a CGI film, they didn't have to uh, make the all the characters completely uh, model accurate because they had the opportunity to change the models after the fact. Mm, gotcha. You know, gotcha. It was like. You know, if you do a scene with Popeye beating people up and someone's like, hey, he's got the wrong eye squinted, all you have to do is flip it and then rerun it and you, you have the same thing. Animatics are usually very sketchy and fast because there are a lot of changes that people request. So they're like, let's just get this done in one second per drawing because I know we're going to have to do them again eight more times. This one seems to have used a lot of uh, pre-rendered stuff. Uh, especially when they get to the sky pirate section and uh, the the hotel or whatever it is where the sky pirates live is so lovingly rendered in every shot. <laughs> they they really were into the sequence. I mean, sky pirates are fun. Yeah. So Popeye and Bluto and the Bluto, Popeye and Olive and the Jeep follow the sky pirates to their cool volcano hideout and. Olive tries to seduce them by dressing up as a sexy pirate. And uh, they're, they're offended by her attempt to, uh, to uh, mimic their lingo. Yeah, they're like, hey, my culture is not a costume. <laughs> you know, what does it even mean to shiver your timbers? <laughs> but they do seem to be into when, when they, they do like when Popeye does. Uh, oh, yeah. I wish the timing on that know. joke had been better because it is very funny that it's Popeye's idea to seduce, uh, you know, do the seduction and they both disappear off. They both think they're going to be the one doing it and they appear and like, wait, yeah. why are you doing like, I feel like, I feel like maybe there was a cleaner version of that joke, but then there were like somebody made something. Change it. So like there was too much time in between the setup and the payoff, but maybe with the original yeah. animation been funny. Cause I, I love the idea that Popeye's like, Oh, you were going to do it. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we both try? <laughs> wait he's just way too you eager know. to have eugene the jeep uh play his breasts so he can do a little sexy dance <laughs> well you know big mood and aware and e eugene is much more effective than uh anything all of his going got going on but yeah. uh <laughs> and papa is actually doing a really good job of seducing the sexy firefighter <laughs> Um, he gets, but then he gets some spinach and then he gets a little too into it. And of course, you know, the, the, the standard cartoon reaction when you meet a girl who can beat the shit out of you, or she's actually like a dynamite stuffed dummy or something. And you get blown halfway across the room is what a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's class. It's classic. It's classic for a reason. <laughs> I mean, because everyone, it's true, you know, well, yeah, every look, everyone wants a hard mommy who can beat them up. <laughs> everyone, you know, that's why that's why Mario walked right onto that dance floor and asked Big Bertha to hit him again. I mean, yeah, uh, that's a universal. Why, why do you think everyone <laughs> likes the big vampire lady? 
So we have a uh, big escape sequence with the, apparently the boat has a parachute now. It can do pretty much anything. Well, 10 years, 10 years <laughs> 10 of work. Years. And they, it even works as a submarine if they happen to, uh, oh, land it inside a whale's mouth. So once again, Popeye inside animals, three for three. Like he, they do the yeah. thing where like he knows the the whale and like can talk to him and call him like um, Aquaman. But he didn't grow up in the sea; <laughs> he grew up in an orphanage. Like this is a setup for a completely different Popeye that grew up lost at sea. And like, yeah, what, how would how would he be able to do this? How would he know this whale and its migration pattern? <laughs> uh well, there's a we did see that he was a big fan of whales that he's got like a whale origami mobile over his bed. And there was a whale there to uh, help present the jewel to him, but I don't know. Yeah. If you, if you like whales enough, you know, you know, the secret, yeah. The secret to learning to speak whale is that first you have to really, really like whales. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that much is true. So that's when the sea hag shows up and, uh, berates the sky pirates because guess what they were stealing the jewels specifically to give to her well yeah that ties it all up in a neat little bow yes and then she goes down into a basement and starts to release her release her uh other minions which look like a, a swarm of vultures but uh it's flamingos this is an interesting touch well they are water birds so yeah you know, seabirds, flamingos. Yes. Actually, wait, they are, now that I think about it. Are they seabirds? I don't know where they live. Uh, lagoons, I think. Mm. Which, you know, technically... Yeah, technically. it's like it's like they border the sea or something. Yeah. And so the jeep gets swallowed three times by these flamingos that will just pretty much swallow anything you put in front of them. Yeah, but he's fourth dimensional, so he just yeah. walks right out. <laughs> though he gets more and more of the flamingo's stomach content stuck to him along the way. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. And that is when uh, Olive reveals that just as Popeye can talk to whales, she can talk to flamingos. <laughs> no, that's a convenient power to have. Anybody that has long spindly legs speak the same language. <laughs> oh, no wonder flamingos hate me. <laughs> oh yeah, all, all of them flamingos are of a similar sort. Yeah, she actually cranes her neck out real long. It's terrifying. <laughs> so one one more visit from the fish and the pelican later, we're finally at the uh, shipwreck shaped like a shark, where we have the big the big reunion. Popeye finally gets to see his father. And this is about when I started to realize that I was so used to the rhythms of these things that I knew it had to be a fake out. Oh, really? Yeah, because... You know, there's like, well, they haven't met the sea hag yet, so there's, you know, we can't have an emotional moment like this turn out to be real. And of course it wasn't. It was her disguised as her as father trying to get the jewel away from him. But it uh, it doesn't work out, and she ends up uh, tumbling tumbling back into the sea with the, uh, with the jewel back in Popeye's hand. And now we have the, you know, what in... Ah, this was as... Uh, as what, what Save the Cat calls the false victory, which always leads to the uh, leads to what we have next, which is the Dark Knight of the Soul. Popeye realizing that you know if his pappy isn't there, there's just nothing nothing for him anywhere. So he gives 
So he gives all of the ring back and says, go marry Bluto and have your 30 hairy children. I don't care. <laughs> he just turns into such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, stupid sexy Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> Although the, throughout all this, you mentioned the the fish and the bird coming back, but like how they have that arc, it's like they they make the they do the same joke so many times that it starts to like, okay, we get it. Why you keep doing this joke? And then like it becomes consensual. Where like uh, this previous time where he's like, don't you know where you are? And he's like, relaxation island. And he's like, no. The, the, and he tells him how dangerous it is. So he like. Uh, purposely gets in his mouth and then later they like he jump at the end like he jumps in uh the bird's mouth as though it's like a romantic meeting <laughs> they're just in the war i guess that's that's their arc yeah you know, you know for a lot of people consensual war really kills it for them but i'm glad these two have each other <laughs> oh yeah it's like uh it's almost as bad as soft war so next thing we know, uh, Olive is getting her uh, Olive is getting getting her uh, wedding uh, set up by her awful mother. And oh, we didn't mention that Olive's reflection is a character in this. Well, imagination personified. Yep. Now there's something about that makes me think of the whole thing in. Uh, oh, what is it? What's the what's the book where the girl keeps talking about what her inner goddess is doing? Uh, Sark's succulent woman books. Maybe uh, I think I think I was thinking of uh, of Fifty Shades of Grey, but oh, <laughs> maybe okay. it's something else. I haven't read that one. So Popeye has his dark night of the soul, and then he remembers how much fun he had with all of uh, you know sneaking out with those pirates, and then he. Oh, I, does he see? I can't tell what happens here. Oh, yeah. He sees the sea hag flying toward uh, Sea Haven on the back of an enormous vulture, which I can only assume is Bernard, though I suppose it could be the rock from uh, Popeye and uh, Sinbad. That was probably played by Bernard. No, that was played by the rock, wasn't it? Oh, by the yeah. mighty eagle, sorry. The, the mighty, mighty eagle, eagle yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, and they ruin that wedding, don't they? Oh, boy, do they ruin that wedding. It's And it's. <laughs> Couldn't come too soon for Olive. Yeah, um, I do like the uh, the visual of the uh, the bride and groom, the little ones from the cakes, getting stuck in the sea hag's uh, empty eye sockets. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> not something I would expect to make it into the finished product. I feel like they'd be like, "That's a little, that's a little gruesome," but you know. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate it. I mean, do you know anyone with an empty eye socket like that? Uh, I do. But he doesn't do that sort of thing. Okay. Good. Uh, he's a little, I guess he's a little shy about it. So he's mm. like, well, oh, I don't want to call attention to my, <laughs> my empty eye socket. You know? Does he have a glass eye or does he wear a patch? He's got a glass eye. Mm, okay. um, again, like I, I was like, well, you know, you can find, you know, if you want to. Uh, if <laughs> well, you don't want to no, look like a badass, no. but, <laughs> but, you know, I understand he's a little sensitive about it. So, yeah, know, I can, that, that I makes can sense, understand. But, yeah. 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 You no, know, I, you know, we can't all be the, you know, the cut up uncle who slips his glass eye at other people's beer. Yeah. Uh, that he was a guy who told me that like, glass eyes aren't actually like a whole eye. Sometimes they are, but. Oh, are they? It, de like, it depends. Like a, Cause I always thought they were shaped like an olive, you know, like a, like a literal, like sphere of glass that you, you stick in there, but they're just mm. little discs. 
I think, yeah, I think it really depends on, uh, you know, how much you have back there. Cause not everyone has a completely empty eye socket. That is true. Um, I guess I would need, I guess I need to ask him how empty it is. He probably wouldn't appreciate that or me talking about him like this on the podcast. Well, we, we, we didn't use the real name. Yeah, that's right. Yes. He doesn't listen to us. So it's all good. You can yeah. talk shit about anyone who doesn't listen to us. Yeah. It was your old friend, um, Herman Gehring with his glass eye. <laughs> oh, geez. I didn't know he had one. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. It's kind of like right. a random name. Yeah, because that was an inch. What a random name to think of. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they fight the sea hag, and uh, she gets defeated. Yeah, she gets defeated because Popeye has uh, what what Ryan mentioned earlier the you know the the spinach. Oh my God! Everything I everything I am, I owe to spinach. Moment, and he grabs the spinach, and you know he doesn't do the thing where he squeezes the can and then it flies out and into his mouth. So many missed opportunities yeah it's like why even eat the spinach at that point <laughs> and and of course the music doesn't play or anything it's just like my god you know they should have had it more like oh i don't know like the the laser scene from 2001 mm. oh yeah yeah that would that would you know that would fit and it would be definitely a reference that the kids would get i wonder <laughs> if they own the rights to that music that would have been Fleischer made made that, and they licensed this from King Features, so they might not have been allowed to use that. Maybe. I do like the couple bucks to get it. Maybe they were negotiating that, but what? Spend money on a Popeye movie? A Popeye movie that we're just that we're just letting uh, Gendy Tartakovsky make as a favor to him for all those millions of dollars he made for us with uh, Hotel Transylvania. I'm, I'm sure Gendy was like sending them emails like, hey, did you get an answer about the Popeye song yet? Like, oh yeah, we're asking, we'll, we'll check on that. And the assistant's like, do you email someone? Like, we're not making that movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll never make that Popeye movie. Um, I do like that they, they change like uh, the artist who does some of this bit where uh, Olive Oil is like fighting goons. Mm -hmm. uh they actually olive oil has some like pretty insane expressions during this oh yeah <laughs> she's just like a her gaping void of a mouth it all leads up they they do defeat the sea hag and then yeah. everyone shames her yeah everyone yeah everyone shames her is like and i guess popeye demonstrates that he has you know more empathy than uh is might ne might be necessarily uh beneficial in this situation because <laughs> he's like yeah that <laughs> That could have been me. That has that's been me. Well, Popeye learned that there's there's something more powerful than violence, and that is yes. the power of friendship. Oh, also the magpie. That was an important thing. So. It was, I think that, that oh. was kind of a, a bit that they did where they set it up like it was an important thing, and it was just such a stupid tiny thing where a bird just squeaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a bird in this too. <laughs> So Popeye gives the sea hag back the back her uh, eye, saying that well, it was it was mine. Now it's now, but it was yours first, wasn't it? So in returning what she should have had in the first place, we get you know we get that once again the whole thing like you know you've been right all along. You show such tenderness and compassion, and we all love you. It just doesn't seem right for Popeye to be this preachy. I mean, <laughs> it's. It's, it feels like 
Okay, imagine if they did a Ren and Stimpy movie that was like this, right? <laughs> like, you know, they got, I don't know, Seth Rogen to be the voice of Ren, and he was like, No, Stimpy, I never thought you were really an idiot. I always thought, <laughs> I always had a lot of admiration for your patience and courage. <laughs> well, you know, this is uh, where <laughs> Pop, usually Popeye, yeah, is about the power of incredible violence. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much here. Well, so th- it's happy. Oh yeah. Oh yes. And so because somebody actually showed kindness to her, the, uh, the sea hag summons Pappy from his underground dungeon. And, uh, he naturally, he starts shaking her and beating the shit out of her. (laughs) (laughs) Like father, like son, you know, she did imprison him for, you know, uh, 17 years. So he does have that right. (laughs) Not saying he's wrong. and just saying like, shouldn't Popeye be doing this? (laughs) Well, he looks pretty good for like, uh, you know, 17 years in a prison. Um, he looks like, you know, if I looked at Pappy, I'd be like, that looks like a, that looks like a 17 year old boy. <laughs> and he has the, uh, he has the really good line where he sees Popeye for the first time. He goes, my son, it is you. He's like, you recognize me? Of course I do. You're easy on the eye. Just like your mother. Well, yeah. Uh, Popeye's mother is never, um, we never see her in any Popeye media, do we? We've been seeing her lately in the recent comics. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I I did not know that. We have but... yeah. There's a there's a whole story with Popeye finally getting getting to know his his actual family as and introducing them to his adoptive family, and you know it's been very sweet in a way that this it that doesn't feel tacked on like in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that they all uh, came together, and so finally, uh, Bluto could get punched. Yes. So every so now we get a scene where everybody hugs, like Olive and her mother hug. Uh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, Olive and the you know Wimpy and a hamburger hug, <laughs> and Bluto doesn't get a hug because everyone else is hugging. <laughs> well, because Bluto's a loser. Oh yes, and a uh, one one little girl that he tries to hug runs over and hugs the the lion you can wear like a suit instead <laughs> this happens um, to be a lion in this town you, you know mo- seaside towns and then we and then pop poppy popeye and pappy hug and uh, the jeep gets in on it and pappy is like what the hell is this thing and olive gets in on it and bluto gets in on it and then bluto finally gets the punch in the nose he's deserved the whole movie <laughs> this um so that was a popeye movie that ne- that was not <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that was not a Popeye movie. Uh, kind of. Kind now of that, secret that, I mean, it was movie. Popeye, but it was not a movie. Well, little, little secret Popeye yeah, it, movie um, just for uh, just for just for us criminals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we've described it, you're all implicated as well. Yes. So, or um, maybe we made it all up. You'll could it never be know. like you'll never see uh, it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this was a criminal Popeye movie. It was criminal that it's so po- Popeye free. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's so, yeah, there's so much going on with Popeye, and you know, Mike, you've only really known you know the good side of Popeye for about a week. We watched the uh, pop a bunch of Popeye episodes in uh, in preparation for this. Uh, you'll but you'll have listened to it by the time you hear this episode. And uh, Mike was only really familiar with the bad Popeye before before I uh, we watched all the classic Fleischer stuff. This feels like they were reaching a little too close for the Popeye and Sun era. 
Yeah, there's de a definite vibe of well, you know, um, you know, you the suits meddling. You can tell we're like they want it. There's certain beats that appear a lot in cartoons uh, because the suits were like, yeah, you know, little clowns of Happy Town type stuff. Um, yeah, that's what this felt like. There, there's a there's some of that here. I, it is. I'll say this: it's it's better than the uh, Popeye and Son cartoon. That's and for sure. Yeah, for one and thing, is, the the actual artwork is all lovely, and I'm glad it finally got shown. Yeah, I mean that is probably the the biggest strength is the the artwork that you can totally see if it was animated, it would be great. Um, I mean, in my head, it's animated. I try. I'm trying to see the uh the freeze frames that we were watching and it's not there it's all melded into beautiful animation in my memory that's how the brain works it fills in the gaps mm -hmm. you know there's two things that, but, that's also um, why i never spend money oh God. there's two things i wonder number one i wonder if like like i mentioned if you can watch the same scene in animatic and animation and in animation there's a lot more violence and punching so i wonder if they were just keeping it low on the violence like in the version they're showing to the suit then go spend like millions mm. of dollars animating and be like oh you don't like that too bad we already spent like 80 million dollars uh on that animation so we can't cut it now um uh, and I also, that I, is a good point the professional eye you bring <laughs> to this is very helpful <laughs> i i also wonder um, if some of the aspects of popeye that are missing are because like we mentioned like if if Certain aspects were owned by Fleischer that they created because, like, Popeye didn't even do his laugh. Like, he didn't give ha, ga, 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 which is very much the most no. Tom Kenny thing you could possibly do. Like, that's very much in his wheelhouse. I wonder if he was not allowed to do that because he ma only made that sound in animation and King Features doesn't own the rights to it. And in, in, uh, in the comics, his laugh is arf, arf. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I. I guess I, that's not so bad in a comic because I feel like if you're going to write ek, 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 arf arf is like it's close enough they'd be like oh, I get what you're trying to go for yeah. and writing it's a ak, 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 yeah yeah writing ak, ak, ak seems weird you know uh, but arf is like oh I get what that is um, Kathy get here I guess like yeah I guess we're lucky that they didn't at least we got Bluto they didn't try to do the whole Brutus thing again yeah. <laughs> I, man, I didn't even think of that. How would they have included Brutus in this film? <laughs> um, he's like, oh, didn't did, what? So Brutus is now what? Like Bluto's brother or something? Yeah. In the comic? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, God, I don't know. Without Popeye's laugh, it's almost like why make a Popeye movie? Because. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so he iconic. doesn't have to laugh. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't sing his song and he doesn't have like a. You know, a little send-off jingle. You know, because Popeye always ends his cartoon with a little uh, little rhyme. It feels like feels like that quatrain that starts out every Berenstain Bears book. Mm, no pipe in this either. You're right. He didn't have a pipe. No pipe. He couldn't toot. No squeaky. Yeah. No, no quadruplets. Not that we needed them. No. Um. Yeah, well, well, sweet pea. They couldn't have sweet pea. Popeye's only seventeen in this. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, how do we know that anyone gets babies? You know, the normal way. Maybe they all wash up in vegetable crates. That is implied, isn't it? Yeah. With the sheer number of orphans that are washing up. Um, yeah. Um, this. This. Uh, 
I mean, I guess I should say it's like it's one of the, despite all its flaws, I actually, it's still one of the better Popeye media. Yeah. There's, but, no, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of plays. It's one of those things that makes you mad because you want it so much to be better because yeah. you see how much, how much, uh, potential is bubbling away beneath the surface but you know it, it never boils yeah um ryan you 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 are uh more you know uh keyed into this sort of thing than, than we are um how from animated from animatics to films is there usually like a big difference or do you usually is it fairly like oh, okay that's pretty close to what the finished film's gonna look like yeah the the reason it is an animatic is because the animatic will change a thousand times in the of production um, and it, it, you know, something I, I wonder if they also do is like, if the, sometimes if the exec gives like a terrible, terrible note, I'll do a terrible version to show, them, uh, which is also a danger. Mm. might be like, oh, that's great. Do it exactly like that. Um, so like, the, you know, there, there might be things in this movie <laughs> that like her be in the final film that like someone told them to do it. So here's what that would look like. Oh, like I said, we don't know how far long this was this the first draft this could be the 800th draft um just you know the person yeah who leaked it can't information. they don't reveal how they got it but, but um yeah i mean th this might have been but what happens is eventually like it gets locked and then it's time to move, move on or sometimes it's started, they'll change stuff but yeah it's we don't know how close uh, this is and it's it's kind of sad that this is the one that leaked in this way because like there's so many films, like a lot of films that are just bulky, you would be able to watch the animatic and feel like you watched the movie. Whereas with this, because specifically the one guy whose style is so based, on, you don't really get the feel, even if Kinetic. this was locked, yeah, you don't get the feel of what it would have looked like. Um, so you know, that we, you know, there are the issues of like story changes and stuff, but um, I think I personally, I think that making him a Maybe that looks like an man is kind of funny and works in kind of a meta way. If like if you're watching it from the point of point of view, like um, you know, suits meddling is kind of funny. And especially like if this, this is all this ever becomes, I think it's a great joke attic of I think it's a possible mm. joke you could put in that version of a film. Maybe if, if in a final element be weird, but um <laughs> personally I find it very funny in this format. <laughs> Um, I feel like if you're going to do that in a final film, you, all you need to do is add like a frame story at the very end where old Popeye has been telling this whole story to like Sweet Pea or something, you know, mm -hmm. right before tucking in. Seems like that's a very typical thing you do when you're like doing the young version of a cartoon character. Because um, what is it? They do that in like, what, Babar or Babar? Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, that's how they were like, he's a baby now. Why is he a baby? Well, he's, he's telling a story. Old Bavar's telling a story. Um, and I think they did it in, um, oh, what is that other cartoon? Uh, didn't they do that with Inspector Gadget? Inspector I Gadget? Like, I feel like there was like a gadget movie where they like had, he was a baby. I know there was a they, show called Gadget Boy. I don't oh, know if there was... th maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Gadget Boy and Heather. I forgot. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Disregard. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, def I definitely know that uh, that kind of ending. It's my my favorite uh, my favorite video game ending for well, one of my favorites is this Genesis game where you play as an elephant and you're trying to escape from the circus uh, into the 
into the uh, the wild. And then when you get to the end, it it cuts to the elderly version of the elephant telling the story to his grandson. <laughs> and it says, so is that really how you uh, how you escaped the circus, Grandpa? It sure was. Tell me another story. Oh, not tonight. But maybe tomorrow I'll tell you about the time I met David Attenborough. Is that actually how it ends? <laughs> yes. Okay, nice. <laughs> it, like, it would be funny if, if it was Popeye narrating this to Sweet Pea and they made that met. Uh, like, if if she's if old and he's like, I can't relate to the story. I'm teen years old. <laughs> <laughs> like now, now, nice. Sweet or else if he was telling it to, yeah, if he was, just like, if he was just the voice of the execs through the whole thing, like making him change, the yeah, life. that would be pretty great. And it would also give us a hint about exactly what's going on behind the scenes here, so that'd be yeah. good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very good to have a movie that you can infer that there's a whole other story that uh, is just behind the scenes, and all you have to do is read a little bit between the lines. How many of these things do you think were like studio people saying, put this in like the sky pirates seem like they kind of come. I mean, the sky, sky pirates seem kind of Popeye-esque, but they also kind of come out of nowhere. They, well, I, I can't that, think of anything from actual Popeye lore that would fit in there. What I want to know is, okay, what you were saying, Ryan, about the, uh, about how, you know, you do all the different animatics and then they have to lock it down to do actual production. At what stage there do you show the MPAA? I think that's the finished film. At what, well, what stage do you start the ratings process? Because it seems a lot harder to edit a animated film. Yeah, they're not going to look at mm. anything until it's a finished product. And it, it, it's, it costs a lot of money to show something to the MPAA. Like percentage of the growth of the bigger the film, the more it costs. So show them a finished mm. product. And, um, you know, the, the big budget. It, uh, uh, especially if there were anything objectionable, it'd be more snipping out frames and it would reanimate anything. I don't think they're too worried about, about anything like mm. that. Yeah, I mean, it, they're not going to anyone for rating. Yeah, I'm just wondering if until... there were, if, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if since we, this was a, a pre production version, if some of the stuff was like, if this is, what stage did they add the things that are specifically there to draw the MPAA's eyes and be like, oh, that has to go? I imagine that they can a lot get away of, with some other stuff. Up in the process, just like self censoring, execs or self like that. Like I said, I, mm. I wonder if that's less punchy in the mm. animatic version than beyond just to like, let's not have these conversations until later when in drawing, they take that out, take that out, take that out. But once you've answered, animated it they're gonna take that out it'll cost them dollars okay yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you got to play those suits you know <laughs> Man. But yeah, i mean um, like the, the month they changed like if you guys know about like the famous uh like toy story um i haven't heard this but, like when i've heard a few versions but when they were making toy story um why am i blanking on his name the guy that was running animation that went on to and then made quibi second why am i blanking Oh, oh, uh, Katzenberg. Yeah, Katzenberg. Katzenberg? Yeah, Katzenberg agreed to make the film, but like Shrek yet, he was still gearing up to like, I, I want my sassy. So he told them, uh, uh, we'll, we'll fund, you need to be really cynical. And like, uh, so he kept making ch changes into me that was just, what he was just a cruel jerk, was like a tyrant, like yelling at all the other toys. And 
insulting everybody and doing like basically Don Rickles material on him. And he was just a total jerk. And <laughs> it was Kevin Ranges. And then they showed the animatic and silent were like, this film is terrible. And they did that thing that like, this is over. And they just said, give us three days, make the version we want to begin with. And then tell us what you think. I'll like, give you like three. I forget exactly how many days, but day. And they just stayed up all night for days mm -hmm. in, in a row and made the animatic for the Toy Story we know where the characters care about each other and showed it to them. And they're all like, oh, this is amazing. Why don't you do this to begin? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Well, I mean, I think uh, there, there's, if there's one universal about work, it's that <laughs> managers don't know what the hell is going on. The, the thing I heard about Toy Story was that uh, a woman from Disney came to, while they were working on it at Pixar, you know, during the production, and she was like, oh, it looks great. This looks wonderful. I love, the, I love all of the, the voice casting choices. And uh, who have you got for your songs? And they're like, uh, we're not doing songs. This isn't a musical. She goes, I need to make some phone calls. <laughs> so that <laughs> is why. So that is why you have songs that are just kind of sung in the background by Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have songs. <laughs> they also don't have a romance in that. So, I mean, I feel like no, that I Disney. Mean, there's, I feel like there's no romance. And I mean, although they are toys that belong to a child, there aren't really any child characters. Yeah. You know what? They should have canceled that film. <laughs> no one's going to relate to that some of the toys should be the children of other toys that's how it works right <laughs> so they did well that's why they introduced those aliens yeah <laughs> once again adoption they probably they uh they washed up in a pizza box well um i guess uh so i don't know so like how if if uh if you guys were to make this popeye movie but good uh what what sort of changes would you go about do you think that might take a whole other podcast to go into. <laughs> but, you know, more than anything, I think I would just, I would have a lot of the same movie, but for one thing, I would make sure that Bluto had a bigger role. I would, I'd include Bluto. I'd include Brutus if I could. Maybe have the, maybe have the two of them team up on Popeye for the, for the last spinach scene. But more than anything, I just... I did, I want a version of this that has all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff, <laughs> but, but that would still be, you know, that wouldn't be like a short movie. That would be like an hour rather than an hour and a half. If I were the exec, I'd just say, hey, nuts. <laughs> just forget all the notes, forget all the weird yeah. stuff they made you <laughs> add. It doesn't make any sense. If it comes from artist, then make it, I'm in like all think about this very much feels like something he was forced to put in there and if it were in there because yes he's enough of like a creative person, weird stuff then i'm i'm all in i might i might want to rein him in short of creating a new uh raggedy ann and andy a musical adventure but <laughs> but in general when you're making movies for kids weirder is better um, I, I, I feel like in general, yeah, we can trust Jendi Tarkovsky not to uh, go full Raggedy Ann and Andy. <laughs> Never go full Raggedy Ann and Andy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, like none his, of that. His, his none whole, of that shit. Uh, 
feature animation career is him having to deal with other like like Pennsylvania. It's basically like Adam Sandler already has worked on this for a year and has his own idea. People like make it yours, and apparently it was not a good working relationship. And Adam Sandler was very hands on and didn't understand what he was trying to do. That's why the the final film like Adam Sandler was out. Like said like I'll he didn't even direct the final Hotel Transylvania. Evolved if Adam Sandler's not, and I think. I think Adam Sandler would not be involved because they did not get along. So wow. I, would, I would just love for him to make a f- film that nobody else was a creative voice on. Just like let him take advice from people he respects, him, but, but not half Hollywood people. What he's doing with his film he's got coming out now about the uh, film about the dog. What was that? Oh, I don't know. Awesome. Look it up. He's He's got their final <laughs> to make his, own, his own thing, and it sounds. This is the first I've heard of this movie, oh, and I'm immediately in. Uh, let me see. Like he's <laughs> like, you screwed me over so many times that you're going to greenlight a movie of mine, and, it's, and I'm going to make you pay because it is not going to be commercial. <laughs> Fixed. It's- Fixed. It sounds like it sounds like it's the movie that we would want uh, Burke Brothers' flawed dogs to be. Hmm. It it almost sounds like it would be a, a Ralph Bakshi joint, but <laughs> hopefully not bad. The story of an average all-around good dog who is in love with the show dog next door. And what happens when he learns that he is going to be neutered in the morning? What does a dog do? Rated R. This sounds like it, <laughs> it'll be extremely commercial. I bet it's the kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think wow, it's gonna, so, probably going to be a surprise hit. Like, uh, oh, what was the one about the food? Oh, you mean a uh, food fight? No, sausage party. Oh, sausage party. Oh, yeah, I guess that was. Yeah, people watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so this is this is going to be an, uh, this is going to be an R-rated cartoon. Probably the first one to air in uh, American theaters in decades. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think there's been an R-rated cartoon since what? Maybe Fritz the Cat. He was X-rated. Oh, was he? Oh, well, then they're going to have to add something to fix to uh, oh, to get the X uh, rating. Oh, I think, uh, again, Adam Sandler, Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, that went to theaters? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I didn't realize that. Oh, I guess the South Park movie. South Park movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems... Inner Darkly. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I take it back. It seems there have been a, a few. Um but Still, they're not very commercial, so we don't remember them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, though the South Park movie again was another one where they were they were uh, getting. Uh, I know the the networks. The, sorry, the studio guys were all like, "Oh, you can't put that in." And they were like, "Here's something worse." Until eventually, they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> so apparently, that trick works. And backfire. Though. I've done <laughs> I've done the thing, not necessarily with uh, like ratings, but where I put in put something in the comic that's purpose like I'll give like five covers or something and there's one i really want. i'll give like the one i'll put a lot of obviously terrible but there have been times there's like oh i like this terrible one i'm like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> well it's well, nice that the- often comic books come with alternate covers now but that's not always an option <laughs> man um well it's good to know how the sausage is made Yes, thank you very much for sharing all of your insights. I'm uh, as as an expert of uh, things that get real messy when you get uh, involved with them. 
other people? <laughs> uh, are there any other amusing stories you can tell us about uh, about uh, studio and or network and or publisher meddling and screwing around with the creatives? I mean, uh, with that Garfield comment. Ooh, let's hear this. Yeah. That I did, uh, in- including um, like what was going to be done with the comic or anything like, but uh, I found out that they weren't ever actually going to publish it when I, I saw they hired me on people's court uh, being sued for, for not releasing a project or paying an artist. Um, that was fun. Oh, uh, yeah, apparently <laughs> oh, he's, he's incredibly famous court? for messing people over. He did, he did have the Garfield license. And I first got hired. To, oh, while you're doing this, this uh, uh, we also allow people working on the game to draw a page for it. We do like a, we used to put out like, it was basically like a zine, but it was like a, like a comics page. And can draw a full page of Garfield. Like, oh, what's the pay for that? No answer. I'm like, okay, they're, I really should. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't do it because like, I used to run it was like a Twitter account all about how you should pay artists. But I'm like, six-year-old would vent time travel if I had the chance to draw an official Garfield comic and didn't take it. I I decided like, <laughs> I know I'm not getting paid for this, so I'm just going to make this of me. And um, I I drew a whole page. Like everyone was a completely... And I brought back like, like every character that hasn't been a comic since the 80s. Uh, I... Of course, I did a whole one about Lyman. I had to draw him back. Uh, I brought back, um, like, from the first strip, the one character that's never returned. You know that how in the first strip, uh, John talks about being a cartoonist and it never comes up again? Uh, if you look if you look real close, mm-hmm. you can see the comic that John draws, and it's really, like, weird like, characters with red half-circle heads. So I put them in there. Uh, I gotta be the first. I gotta be the, the <laughs> second person to ever draw those characters. And, and uh, my favorite, my favorite character that I brought back was uh, um, I did one about all the grandpas that appeared in the strip because Garfield had two different. The grandpa appeared in the strip twice, and then the second time is a completely different character and a completely different art style. So I made it canon that those are two different grandpas, and I drew all the other grandpas and. Uh, so John's grandparents, one of them was seen in a photo in a special and the other grandparent, there was one strip where he mentioned that, that all that was left of his grandpa was a uh, photograph of his elbow. So I was the first person to ever draw that elbow in a comic. Um, <laughs> so while this was an officially licensed Garfield comic, it was never published anywhere. And then uh, I think maybe it would... I'm not sure if it, if he lost the license when Nickelodeon bought it or if uh, Jim Davis like heard how terrible this guy was and took away his license, but it was a comic that was never published anywhere and then I just put it on my website uh, because why not? I made it. Right, Ryan, Ryan. Were, were you were you working for Nathan Masry? Masry? Uh, I don't recognize that name. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, oh my God, if it was. Okay. No, that is. But yeah, I mean, I, I I can say the name of it, but they are uh, famously litigious, so I don't want to I don't want to uh, bad mouth this particular company on your podcast. But uh, yeah, okay, fair, fair, fair. We uh, we won't we won't make you say say the thing then, but until we turn the recording off. Yeah, <laughs> I I was just thinking like, oh my god, are you drawing for Garfield Eats? That'd be oh, incredible. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not drawing for Garfield Eats. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you the one who penned Love Me, Feed Me, Never Leave Me? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, but it is it is cool to get to do an official Garfield, at least. I yeah. think, I mean, yeah, I think all of us at six years old would be like, that's the dream. Yeah, the Garfield was that, like, the, the the when I did Popeye and Flash Gordon, those were officially through King Features, and that was very lovely to work on. I was very happy that, like, the, with those projects, it was specifically about bringing in other artists to take, have a new take. So there was none of this, like, you know, oh, this isn't right, this isn't right. Like, the whole point was we want it to be weird, we want it to be you. It's a new artist every day. So those are really fun to do. I got to make some canon in there too. My favorite bit of Flash Gordon canon was that um, uh, I I made it canon that the the polar bear that he shot in the first Flash Gordon strip survived. I drew him walking in the background bandaged up. <laughs> I felt bad that he just shot it. Like he just shows up in this new world. It's like, what do I do? oh, let's, let's murder this polar bear. <laughs> and it's canon. Yeah. So... Ryan, where can we see these comics that you drew for the uh, for the real funny papers? Well, if you go to ryanestrada.com, all my stuff is there, all all sorts of free comics, and there's a little section that has all of my uh, ones I've done of newspaper characters. I got them all linked there. You can even read my plugger strips that um, even I don't get, so I don't know if you're going to think they're funny, but I did write some plugger strips. Uh uh, ever, I, my first one was was when I was a kid, and uh, my most recent one was a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff at Ryan Estrada. Can't those pluggers have been going on since we were kids? It sure has been through multiple artists, and it's really that, that's a really fun way to get involved in the comics pages because like it's all reader submitted. So like, um, but you got to get into that exact mindset of boomer humor, and like. All, all the ones I sent that I'm like, oh, this is a really good joke. I, I'll bet this will get picked. Never get a response. And the, like the worst ones that I write that are like the most cliche jokes and like tweaked in like the worst way are the ones that get picked. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I might, I might, there's three that I know of. I might've had more, but they don't tell you when you're drawn into the strip. You have to see it by reading pluggers. And I can't bring myself to read pluggers every day. So I'm not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> if I've done more. <laughs> Um, yeah, those, those are my, <laughs> my brushes with fame in the, uh, in the newspaper comics, but also on that website, there's lots of comics about my adventures, lots of comics about my own characters and links to my books that are in bookstores. Um, and, uh, I got a new one coming out on May 2nd called Occulted. It's a true story about my friend who grew up in a cult just down the road from Heaven's Gate and was not allowed to go to school. She wanted to learn science, but she's only allowed to learn science fiction because they taught her Star Trek was real. And it is a book about how she learned she was in a cult and how she escaped. So people check that out and all of that and everything else is at ryanstrada.com. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big things coming. Well, that was quite an adventure. So if we're, are we ready to wipe the spinach from our chins? <laughs> I think so. I think we all, we'll pop yeah, we're out. punch someone in slow motion and Okay, I'm I'm winding up. Who's got their face ready? <laughs> well, you have to do the t they have to do the song. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's it's special presentation with Mike. And wait, no. Uh, <laughs> I really love my television. Wait, Dan. 
<laughs> you can't really do it to the Popeye tune, but no, you can't. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, for joining us Happy on this. To. Happy to come back anytime. I'm uh, I, I love weird uh, artifacts of comics. Well, that's sure. all we do. So yeah, any anytime. Right? Yeah. It, just send me a message whenever you got something weird coming up. I've seen half the Blondie movies, so I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever weird stuff you get. Oh, you have? have. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, excellent! Because yeah, I think we'll probably be doing yeah, some of those. Uh, we've got like twenty-eight of those to burn through, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we might we might be calling you a yeah. lot. I think I figured out recently on Twitter that there are more Blondie movies than there are Batman movies, and that's in, wow. that's including movies where Batman is like a single shot in a convenience store or like a Lego figurine. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> Lego <laughs> Blondie. <laughs> Well, uh, Blondie was, you know, was a thing for, yeah, Blondie, for a while. Blondie was the Marvel universe of its day. So oh God. they uh, even started, uh, they even made a, uh, a couple of Mr. Dither spinoffs. So, oh, geez. Okay. Well, that'll be something. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess I think that's why. So I'm going to, uh, figure how do I stop recording now? <laughs> one second one second we can't end our show without <laughs> oh wait wait i think there's a thing 